Oh my goodness! Wow. I chalk that up as a win for freedom in Western civilization, my friend. I feel like everything is chalked up as a win for Western civilization. Uh, yeah, but only if white people do it. Well, I mean, two white guys just did it, so we kind of just uh, supporting the status quo over here, you know? Yeah, what well, better than two white uh, white teenagers, or uh, not even teenagers anymore, uh, young adults uh, talking about the world around them and all of the fucked shit that goes on in this in this planet. Yeah, that their ancestors and some of the people that are still existent created. Yeah, and God, don't forget God, he's white, apparently. Yeah, totally, uh-huh, 100%. Uh, you cannot argue like with that logic. A white man, just like everybody important in history has ever been. Like mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Listen, these are just the facts. You can't go on denying them. I mean, we have so many articles and all these things to fact check that and uh you really cannot refute the facts i mean honestly what what did the catholic church get wrong throughout history other than nothing especially their portrayal of jesus christ you know absolutely nothing other than the age of consent oh what's that We're off to a good start. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, that reminds me of that interview that uh, Bill Burr had where someone asked him if he went a little hard on the Catholic Church. And uh, and he asked, uh, don't you think the, the Catholic Church went a little too far? And uh, I mean, honestly, he was the, he was wrong there. I mean, as much as I loved Bill Burr in my uh, pre-woke years, I definitely don't feel like aligning myself with him. <laughs> I mean, I don't subscribe to everything the white Irish guy from Boston says, but that doesn't mean I can't laugh and go silent after he says something fucking transphobic or racist or, you know, it's just an act. Comedians, especially white comedians, can do whatever they want to and nothing will ever uh, will ever be wrong with that. Especially if they're from Boston. True, but fuck Bill Cosby, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a thumbs when down it, for when me. When it comes to Bill Cosby, they just can't separate the man from the art. No, they cannot. Mm. It's a shame, really. It really is. Alrighty, so now that we got that opening riff done, uh, where where would you, being the guest of honor, um, actually, let me go ahead and introduce you. Uh, so this is Comrade Troy. He's coming at us live from Colgate University. Uh, uh, yeah. To mansplain some uh, economics and how a serial rapist and a child predator did not kill himself. Ah, yes, my two favorite subjects. Okay, I'd like to start off with a joke I wrote 20 minutes ago. Are you ready? (laughs) I am ready. What do a 14-year-old sex slave in Mar-a-Lago and Kurt Cobain's dog have in common? What do they have in common? Their owners certainly did not kill themselves. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's the good stuff right there. Yeah, this is the hard-hitting political commentary that people bring me on for, and by people, I mean you. <laughs> yes, yes, specifically. I, uh, I was like, I knew that Troy would write a moderately decent uh probably offensive joke that he would say and i was like he definitely needs to be featured on my podcast 
Yes. So let's uh, let's get down to business, shall we? I, I say uh, we we keep the fun stuff for later and start with uh, you know, boring ass uh, Jeff Bezos, mm. who um, totally is human and definitely was born from a mother and a father and didn't come from somewhere else in the universe uh, to dominate global capitalism with his uh, with his company. That is named after um, what will soon be a parking lot. So, uh, yeah, I guess we could start with that. I mean, is it is it like any more promptly named uh, or more like adequately named than the thing that they are currently working to burn down and destroy? Ah, uh, yes. Well, one Amazon grows, the other falls. Mm, yes, and uh... yeah, and we only we only rely on one to sustain life on this planet because I could not live without one day shipping. Obviously, that, I mean, listen, trees are cool and all, but when you can overnight ship your own cartridge of fresh oxygen, who really needs the rainforest? exactly i've always said that if it wasn't for the amazon rainforest getting in the way of all of those potential mineral mines that you know we we wouldn't have nice things exactly and you know the free market is so much better than nature what do you mean the free market isn't natural <laughs> god listen to this marxist liberal socialist sorry i'll be sure to read some more textbooks yeah please read um uh francis fukuyama the end of man or whatever he whatever he wrote and um (laughs) ayn rand obviously the greatest philosopher of the generation oh yes which was obviously the most correct generation or else they wouldn't be named the boomers which is obviously a very uh positive thing to be called because that just means you're exploding. Well, I mean, it's the explosion that happens when they walk out on stage, like when AC/DC comes on and all the fireworks go off. Oh man. You just mentioned AC/DC and now my boomer brain is going. <laughs> all right. All right. So, so let's start with a little uh background on Jeffrey Bezos, one CEO and founder of Amazon and acquirer of all uh, online retail purchases uh, ever, hopefully, because uh, this benevolent, kind billionaire, potential uh, trillionaire in the future, he doesn't just walk the walk. He doesn't just talk the talk. He breaks the backs of his employees and he exploits the shit out of them. And there's no problem with that, obviously, because in a free market, everything is self-correcting. And in the end, the wealth will trickle down onto his employees in the form of Bezos taking a giant piss off the top of one of his warehouses. I mean, no one could have said it any better than that. But uh, can before we really get into it, can we talk about the fact that the, his name, his middle name is Preston? Yikes! I didn't know that. That only adds to my uh, my intro I gave for him, where I said he's definitely a human, and he was definitely given 
the name Jeffrey Preston Bezos by a human mother who he definitely was spawned from. Yeah, Preston definitely sounds like when you watch like a, a like a seventies alien movie and they're like, Oh, we have to become as human like as we can and they're like, You have to find uh, a very human, non uh 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 distracting name and they're like you know what preston has always been a very uh mild-mannered name but but then they were like but we can't use that as the first name because then people will be on to us so let's pick a first name that is both inconspicuous and simple um let's call him jeff (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness all righty you have the floor my friend take it where you want it so when one um, Jeffrey Bezos came on to the American wealth scene, he was first seen founding Amazon.com, which, uh, which was originally an online book retailer in the early and late 1990s into the aughts, which I think is a stupid, uh, stupid phrase for the OOs, but that <laughs> is what this is about. So... He originally created his wealth with Amazon.com as an online book retailer. He rode the wave of the dot-com bubble of the late 90s and managed to survive the crash of the early 2000s by sort of divesting his, uh, his company in different areas, kind of expanding out, investing in certain... Um, Certain companies that totally uh, are very um, obscure now, like Google and PayPal. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, uh, he was an early investor in Tesla. All of these companies that definitely uh, didn't make it huge and definitely didn't uh, balloon his personal wealth. Um, Not at all. Not at all. Anyways, so the, the really interesting part of the Bezos wealth story is that over 80% of his net worth is solely based on his ownership of stock in his own company, Amazon. And actually, I need to correct myself because it's over 90% of his net worth is tied up in Amazon, and he owns potentially 80% of all stocks in the company, which is... Of these, uh, these tech giants like Microsoft and Google can even be, even with someone like uh, Bill Gates at the head of Microsoft, who is also worth over a hundred billion dollars, may I add. And so, the the real kicker is that most of the money that Amazon makes is not from retail sales online, which is where. Historically, it has completely dominated the field, and we'll touch on it in a little bit, is potentially monopolizing and cornering the market. So most of the money that Amazon called Amazon Web Services, which is essentially the world's largest cloud computing service, which uh, Mr. Bezos Uh, uses to make contracts with giant corporations and certain entities like, um, I don't know, the CIA, um, which definitely isn't a little bit uh, sketchy. No, not at all. And so 
what he's most well known for is the part of his business that is the least profitable. And actually, the Amazon retail services online operated at a negative for upwards of three years. And it was specifically because of these web services that he was able to to stay afloat. And these web services are essentially a monopoly until there can be, uh, you know, competition, competition introduced into this area. But the thing is, his Amazon's holding in this area is already so huge that it doesn't look like there's any potential for anyone else to enter the market. It's actually disgusting how how much land Amazon also owns to house these cloud computing services. Amazon is one of the like top uh, 50, I believe, real estate owners in the entire United States, specifically because it has to have these giant multi tens of thousands of acre areas where they can put these giant computing places. And, uh, you know, the that's on top of how Amazon is cornering real estate markets by buying out brick and mortar stores, by Jeff Bezos personally purchasing several giant homes and ranches throughout the United States. It's important to take stock in the fact that the wealthiest man in the world and the potentially wealthiest company in the world are also moving, move, making moves to purchase real estate, which is something completely separate from what Amazon originally intended to do, which was move things from physical real estate to online services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I, I watched a, I, I hate to plug other uh, media outlets or anything like that because, you know, I am a true capitalist at heart and I like to exploit everyone else for my own gain. Um, but I believe I watched a Patriot Act. Uh, I don't know if you know what that is. It's the Netflix show with H- Hassan Minhaj. Oh, uh, yeah. About Amazon, which is kind of cool because isn't Netflix... Uh, like affiliated with Amazon in some sense? No, actually uh, Amazon and Netflix are in direct competition because of Amazon's venturing into streaming services with prime video. Oh, how could I forget? Which I, which I plan to cover in a minute because there is also some, uh, some controversy about Amazon's uh, film studios working with one Harvey Weinstein Ooh, which, ooh, um, ooh, the tea. Yes, which, uh, which we'll get to in a bit because there are some, uh, some allegations that have been raised that Amazon executives have uh, turned a blind eye to some abuse. But we'll talk. About no, that. never. They would never turn a blind eye. No, never, never. No, of course I don't not. think Hollywood or the film industry has ever turned a blind eye to sexual misconduct, except for the Harvey Weinstein thing. He was the one. Guy the one exception. Right. He, the one exception. He must have been the only person doing it. That's for sure. 
Yeah, just like they uh, they released a statement in the Newsweek article you sent me uh, talking about how the deadlines are so tight. There was a, a 57-year-old man uh, who had a heart attack, and it took 25 minutes before uh, anyone called EMS services. But they, they legitimately said, we use our connections program to ask associates a question every day about how we can make things even better. We develop new processes and technology to make the roles in our facilities more ergonomic and comfortable for our associates. And we investigate any allegations we are made aware of and fix things that are wrong. So now I'm going to need you to recant your statement where they would work with Harvey Weinstein because as aforementioned, they fix things that are wrong, Troy. Yeah, just like uh, just like the fucking air conditioning situation in some of their warehouses, they have definitely fixed that, and there aren't still people overheating because of it. Definitely, exactly. I definitely. mean, look at all the robots. All the robots are perfectly cool. Yeah, it's true. The robots are fine. You know. Yeah, exactly. This, this actually drives me crazy because it's a it's a fact that Amazon warehouses that have high amounts large amounts of robotic quote-unquote workers are air-conditioned because the robots can't operate above a certain temperature but the warehouses that are mostly operated by people still lack air conditioning because obviously people don't have an optimum temperature that they can operate at we sweat so we're adaptable and humans don't cost money that air conditioning away i bet mm-hmm and humans don't cost money, right? Just minimum wage. Robots are where the real money goes. So we need to make sure that we take care of those because that's a huge that's investment. That's true. I mean, once you've sunk your costs into uh, robotics, you wouldn't want to ever have to go back to those pesky, pesky wage workers again. If that's not the truth, I don't know what is. So to jump back to you sent, talking about Amazon Prime, and um, how Amazon is cornering the market right now. Um, in that Patriot Act I walked, they talked about the basically the cyclical motion that small businesses go through in trying to make any kind of money. Because what happens is the way that the the market is today. I mean, we see we see like stores and things like that really going into a decline. Um, all of sales basically um i believe i read that about uh a good 57 percent of the average amount of sales in a day are being made online now in some facet or another um and the rigmarole that small businesses go through is uh it's basically a joke i mean you have to start out a millionaire in order to make any kind of money in this kind of business because what happens is for small businesses to become profitable, they have to start selling online merchandise. But in order to sell online merchandise, they have to have a merchandiser. They have to have someone shipping it and selling it. Um, so they have to go to Amazon. And then what ends up happening is Amazon makes all the profit and ends up turning these small businesses upright and these businesses die. So, I mean, we see Amazon not even going out of their way to uh, create a retail space, to create goods to sell. Realistically, a good portion of their sales are simply them selling other small businesses merchandise, profiting off of it giving a small amount of the profit to the small business and then making themselves an even bigger balloon. 
You see, and to that point, the the sickening part of how Amazon has cornered the market is that the estimate that was originally given about a year ago in a report was that 47 cents out of every dollar spent on internet sales was going to Amazon. However, after, uh, after news of this report reached Mr. Bezos, he contacted Forbes, who was, the, I believe, the one that released the report, and gave them, quote-unquote, new guidance, which allowed them to adjust their figure down to 38 cents out of every dollar. But, and the big but, and I love big butts and I cannot lie. Who can? That, that figure does not even include the third-party sales from small businesses that you're talking about that go on that website, that go through Amazon. So it's at least 38 cents out of every dollar, not counting the the small businesses that Amazon hosts and takes a percentage of off of every sale. I believe by uh, host you mean as in they are using the third party as a host because they are a cancer. Um, while I believe that is accurate, I don't even think cancer begins to touch on what a grotesque monster Amazon is becoming. Because when we talk about internet sales, that's, that's one aspect. Like, maybe you can say, hey, maybe a monopoly on internet sales wouldn't be so bad. What have monopolies ever done in the past that were bad before? The Absolutely nothing. The real problem with Amazon is their acquisitions. Because it's not just the online retail sector that they're in and staying in. They continually branch out their arms like the world's biggest octopusy, where all they're doing is they aren't making profits at Amazon explicitly because they spend so much money on Bezos's pet projects like acquiring new businesses or opening brick and mortar stores and communities that have formerly been gutted by online purchases. For example, his acquisition of Whole Foods, which was a play to move into the everyday grocery market, not only through online services like Prime Pantry or whatever the fuck it's called, but also through the ownership of these brick and mortar grocery stores, which, um, isn't even the tip of the iceberg because then you have to deal with things like uh, the the Amazon Go store or whatever it is that he's trying to open up. The thing where you just like card in and shoplift and walk out and then all of a sudden the next day it charges your credit card for all the items you shoplifted. Nice! Plus, plus there's other online retailers that you might think, oh, uh, I can shop here because this is separate from Amazon. Nope, Amazon probably owns them. Yep. If you've ever heard of uh, a popular discount bookstore online, ABE Books, which I frequently use to buy my textbooks because they're dirt cheap and I was under the illusion that it was an online bookstore completely unaffiliated with Amazon. In my research, I found out, uh, nope, Amazon owns it. Not to mention they own Zappos, which is an online the shoes. Group. Yep, the shoes and clothes retailer, also owned by Amazon. Twitch, also owned by Amazon. 
and Audible, also owned by Amazon. No. No. Oh. It's the it's it's obviously the best way we can run an economy because there's so much efficiency to be had in this one company having so much control over so many different sectors of the market. There's definitely nothing that can go wrong with that. No, but not I at all. Even, I haven't even gotten to the most concerning acquisition of Amazon and Mr. Bezos yet. Do which it. Which is the Washington Post. Democracy dies in darkness, and Jeff Bezos will kick out the fucking lights. I want to also add to this. Uh, I'm going to let you speak first, but uh, you definitely have more knowledge when it comes to a lot of these topics, so I, I want to let you kind of take the front run, but I do want to speak on this. So go ahead, but just know I might butt in at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, so I just have a quick, a quick, little, quick little note about the, uh, the Washington Post acquisition. Um, it's fucking horseshit. He paid $250 million to buy a newspaper that since he has acquired it has not written one negative article about Amazon. However, the Post last year, well, Bernie said, they published 16 negative stories about Bernie Sanders in 16 hours. That's not even getting into what's been published this election cycle, which is pure propaganda, which is to be expected from a newspaper that's owned by the world's richest man. I mean, one of the most disgusting examples of the censorship that comes along with that is that a writer that is typical that was employed through the Washington Post wrote an op-ed in the Huffington Post, which is a completely unaffiliated newspaper that was somewhat critical of Amazon's labor policies, which we already talked about are perfectly fine. He was reprimanded and forced to retract the story if he wasn't outright fired. I, I didn't see that in my, in my research, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was outright fired. I mean, this is the type of gross censorship that happens when you have the world's most invested capitalists at the home of what is supposed to be the news. This, this is exactly what I wanted to talk about. So I put in our notes, I don't know if you noticed it before we started uh, recording, but I put in parentheses, side note, scary that Jobs's wife, Patrick Soon Xiong, uh, Jeff Bezos, etc., buying media outlets. So, Troy, you are a white uh, American male who grew up in a public school system. I'm a white American male who grew up in a public school system. Uh, we were, um, uh, I, I, I don't want to say coerced, but we were um, informed through a certain uh, outlet, through a certain tunnel that uh, definitely was correct, um, definitely was not altered in any way by uh, white men throughout centuries of history and definitely was not uh overly uh americanized and patriot patriotized is that a word i don't know but basically what i'm saying is we grew up in uh a school system that was extremely uh propaganda heavy uh extremely pro-america extremely pro-capitalism and uh as far as i can tell and as far as i've found um Not only being in uh, high school at RFA, but also being in college at MV, 
it is so incredibly difficult, even at the, the higher level of schooling with larger public libraries, with larger uh, online uh, presences, to find any sort of uh, media that is anti uh, capitalism and uh, I guess you'd say anti-America in that it's anti-imperialistic. So with that, we know being that we have quote unquote radicalized and actually uh, used the huge vast uh, library of knowledge that is the internet to educate ourselves. We know that the propaganda uh, machine will only further be fed by literal billionaires and probably Illuminati members owning like three of the largest world's media outlets. I have to go on my phone quick to find which one these other two people own. But like that, the Jobs's wife, uh, that is uh, Steve Jobs's wife, owns a large share in um, Washington Post. Um she also purchased the Atlantic, um, no or a stake, a stake in the Atlantic, I should say, a large stake in the Atlantic, controlling stake, according to the New Republic article. And uh, Patrick Soon Xiong bought the Los Angeles Times, a hundred percent bought it. Um, Nothing these, these these are not people to like screw around with like these are people that not only now own some of the largest uh media outlets in america but also own like a good like 70 percent between them of the economy like they they are capable of taking over the world they already basically have taken over the world but they are capable of fully controlling every single human being not only in america but in the world, simply just between the three of them. And that's not even talking about the fact that Bill Gates has a big stake in the Washington Post as well. Like, it, it's scary, man. Like, yeah. It's really scary. Well, I, to, to, I think there, there are two things to this point. I'm going to start with uh, public schooling. The thing about public schooling is that it is in no way an effort to create an informed, critically thinking population that would be intelligent or like quote unquote woke enough to realize the system of exploitation that they've been born into. Instead, public schooling serves the function of socializing young people into the national project. And the national project is a white, basically imperial ethnostate founded upon slavery and the subjugation of people of color and the continuation of this theory of American dominance, American supremacy, white supremacy. And it's, it's overall an effort to not only whitewash history, but whitewash current society and culture news in and the news, don't even get me started on the news. If we had a decent public schooling system in America, manufacturing consent by Noam Chomsky would be at the top of every single reading list every single year of high school. Because the thing that Chomsky gets at in this book, Manufacturing Consent, everyone should read it, is that the culture of the news 
is also a determining factor in how the news is portrayed. Like the 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 main censorship in mass media does not come from executives directly telling the news anchors what they can and can't cover, although Ed Schultz has proven to us, who was fired from MSNBC for covering Bernie Sanders, Can you hear me? Yeah, you cut okay. out there for a second. Keep it going. So it this this process doesn't happen in such a direct way. The process is more in the happens more in the hiring process because the people that are employed by these businesses can obviously be screened by the people hiring them and they are never ever, ever going to hire someone that's going to publish something that isn't towing the imperialist line. These people know their place, and they want to keep their place in society, which is why people like Rachel Maddow earn 30 fucking thousand dollars a day to get on a screen for an hour and tell you propaganda that they don't even personally believe is propaganda because they're so invested in the system that they have this cognitive dissonance around any counter-narrative that it must be a conspiracy theory. Everything that doesn't support the official media state narrative, because that's what it is, the media and the state are largely joined at the hip when it comes to creating a narrative about nearly anything. And if you need... An example, if you want me to cite sources, just look at the Iraq war. That was the epitome of manufacturing consent. And people in America bought into that shit so hard that we renamed French fries Freedom Fries because the French <laughs> wouldn't go bomb khakis with it. I forgot about Freedom Fries. I, I, I really think that, that, our, that our generation, people that are anywhere from 15 to 25 right now, have grown up in a time where the the memory of 9-11 is no longer one where it brought the country together with this strong patriotic feeling. I think we more now understand that that entire feeling was artificial, that it was an astroturf rather than a grassroots effort because... If, 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 you, if you even just look back at the Freedom Fries example, that was first blow, that was started at a grassroots level. But the thing that made it blow up was its coverage on places like Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, all the papers of note. And it's just absolutely dirty and underhanded what these major media companies do. Absolutely, and... absolutely dirty. And I think that the only way that we're ever going to be able to strike back against this narrative will be to eat the rich. So um, until that happens, I don't, I don't see a way that the majority of people are going to be able to get actual information because the flow of information is controlled by these rich elites who end up owning and controlling the narrative at these major media outlets i.e jeff bezos uh what's his face jobs his wife and rupert, this uh, rupert shion guy rupert murdoch and 
And it's 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 something to be said, uh, this propaganda machine, that it it is incredibly, incredibly powerful and it is working. I mean, for example, myself, um, I still find myself every so often reading an article about maybe that is written by a leftist uh uh, person or maybe has a more uh, left-leaning base and uh, message, I still find myself in my little American bone down here by my butt, you know, um, thinking, well, this is a bunch of BS. This is a bunch of crap. Da, da, da. And then, like, that thing clicks in my head where I'm like, oh, there, there's that propaganda coming up. There's that propaganda right there. Because it it works. I mean, you say the only thing that's going to uh, fix it is to eat the rich. But then in order to do that, we have to convince at least 300 million people uh, that everything that they've learned their entire life is wrong. Um, and I would like to say that within the last four years, because of the Trump administration, because of all these um all these scandals and everything that he has just about every single day. I mean, you see it on social media all the time. All these people all of a sudden think that they're fact checkers. Like you see, I see it on your post that you post with that one, those two kids, every single time they comment, like they want to know sources. They want to know where you're getting your information from. Da, 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 da. But never once do you ever hear these kids in high school in the middle of history class saying, well, where's your sources? You know, why are you taking what some bald white guy with glasses and a crappy goatee uh, that made a, may have like been in the army for three years but failed out because they never gave him his psych exam so he became a history teacher? Why aren't you arguing with him? Why aren't you saying where are your sources? But yet, because we actually did some kind of research that was outside of the status quo, we all of a sudden are a bunch of conspiracy theorists. And the the best part about being a conspiracy theorist, which I obviously am, 100%. Is, is that you get to say crazy things, and then when people ask you for your sources, you just you just say, uh, "Here's your sources." Who needs sources? You know, <laughs> just like uh, just like when uh, when Dick Cheney would be asked about weapons of mass destruction, he would cite the New York Times, and who was the New York Times source? Dick Cheney. <laughs> oh my goodness! Incredible what these people will pass off as conspiracy theories when the biggest conspiracy theory of our generation was perpetrated by the Bush administration. <laughs> oh boy! I mean, it's 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 hard, especially when it comes to things like nine eleven, because there were lives lost and there were people who died, but um. The thing of it is, there were also way more people who died in Iraq, and I don't mean American soldiers. No, I mean, if you care about, I don't know, war crimes, or if you think that uh, half a million dead children is a bad thing, maybe start turning your attention towards the people that uh, do those kinds of things instead of shitposting on my Facebook feed about how my my support of Bernie Sanders hurts the country or how Medicare for all would absolutely bankrupt us when we have several trillion dollars to fight wars overseas to protect poppy and opium fields in Afghanistan. And Don't forget project, oil. And to, oh, and to project all of that sweet, sweet, soft power into Africa 
where I don't, I don't know if you've read about this. We are uh, we have more special forces in Africa than we do the Middle East currently. Hmm. And this is because we're building up military bases and we're training people on the ground with these special forces, not really paying attention to who we're training. Because if you look to, uh, to any example of the United States, quote unquote, training rebels or armies on the ground in third world countries, it ends up being Al-Qaeda or it ends up being the Taliban or it ends up being several different militant groups that are fighting each other that are all backed by different organizations like the CIA, the FBI or the Pentagon. That's exactly what happened in Syria. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what happened in Iraq. Like these people have no capacity to learn. There's no learning being done on a national level. Like our national conscience is stuck in 1981 right after Ronald Reagan was inaugurated. Like, Iran-Contra never happened. Bush did 9-11, never happened. Barack That's Obama, a pretty... Barack Obama never did drone strikes. Barack Obama never did anything wrong in the minds of even the most quote-unquote woke people half the time. Like, there's n- absolutely no effort being made to change the national conversation around this, which is directly related to the stranglehold of corporate power over the, the media narrative, which is ultimately supposed to be what informs us about things like that. And don't even get me started about big textbook corporations, because there's definitely not a problem with, like, McGraw-Hill or, like, several other textbook printing and manufacturing companies supplying, like, almost the entire United States and making billions of dollars off of, uh, off of textbooks. There's, there's also nothing wrong with that. The free market is the, the best way to organize human society, especially when it comes to learning and information, because the free market definitely doesn't just distribute the information that is beneficial to upholding that free market. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, so like we definitely did not stay on track, but I, I definitely do like where we've headed so far. Um, we're currently sitting pretty at about 42 minutes, and I want to try to keep this under an hour. So how about you and I take a, a swing for left field and uh, head towards some real uh, total and true conspiracy theories like I don't know, the one about how um, the serial uh, child predator and rapist uh, Jeffrey Epstein himself, who let's talk about the fact that both Jeffrey Epstein and uh, I don't know, Jeffrey Bezos sat down and had dinner together with Elon Musk and a few others. Let's let's uh, let's head that way, maybe. Oh, yeah. So this is this is the the great transition between the richest man in the world and the richest pedophile in the world. Um, unless you count, I don't know, like the royal family, MBS. Uh, if we're talking rich pedos, Jeffrey Epstein is the Michael Jordan of, of, of this area. And his connections go so, so deep with people in power, with people, in, people with money, people in positions of insane political influence. Like, this guy had it all. And the... The, the, the fact that both the United States police investigative forces, like, 
the local police, the detectives, the FBI, the fact that they haven't been able to put together a convincing narrative about this. And it seems so sloppy, just seems to prove to me how badly he needed to be gone. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I think it's something to be said, and I've seen a couple of memes about it, but it's also true. I think it's something to be said that um, the the narrative on social media, whether people truly believe it or not, the narrative is that he did not kill himself. I mean, there's memes all over Facebook, Twitter, everything, but I I uh, I really like uh, that uh, Chapo pod that came out. Uh, not too long ago, where they talked about um, how it is currently moderately uniting left and right wing in the fact that he did not kill himself, even though the right wing is extremely off in uh, the the reasoning behind how he did not kill himself. Right, Um, right. It's insane that we have finally found some middle ground in this guy who also talked about in that Chapo pod, uh, he was literally just like, all right, what is a hedge fund manager? Oh, man. Like, he was literally just given billions of dollars. Just some guy was just given billions of dollars and told, here's a billion dollars, look at this. And I feel like that's all a hedge fund manager really is. So this brings up contradictions in my own head because now I'm not convinced that he himself was someone of importance. I think he just happened to be the guy that the spotlight fell on because these people, as you see, literally have had no altercations since. Nothing has come of this quote-unquote suicide, you know, I feel like he was just the fall guy who happened to have a billion or so dollars. Right. And, and, and part of this, this whole investigation, this situation that <clears throat> absolutely tickles my lizard conspiracy brain is in a, in a statement given by the, uh, the guy that was hired to do the, the, the medical like the autopsy separate of the official like state autopsy person said that specifically they did not do a DNA test on the body to confirm that it was Jeffrey Epstein. They completely relied on his brother, Mark Epstein. I'm pretty sure his name is his testimony, which I mean, that sounds like a made up name, (laughs) but it's not only, it's not only that, but like, wouldn't you think that if Jeffrey Epstein was a part of some giant conspiracy theory that they wouldn't, the people orchestrating this would know enough to cover their ass with his brother and the rest of his family. I mean, the rest of his family doesn't even exist. I mean, it says that his, his sole surviving family is his brother who was also left all of his estate and Epstein very conveniently uh, transferred all of his assets from his estate to an account in the U.S. Virgin Islands and uh, shored up his will and testimony approximately two days before uh, suiciding himself. How convenient. I mean, that's not even to go into all of the, the, the secondary weird things like 
the the cameras mal both cameras that were supposed to be watching his cell malfunctioning. The one camera that had slightly usable footage being taken to Quantico at the FBI headquarters for uh, for investigation. The fact that the guards both were supposedly asleep when they were supposed to be watching the most important political prisoner in the nation, possibly the world. And to top it all off, he was supposed to have a cellmate at all times to prevent something like this. But very conveniently, his cellmate was transferred the day before. Wasn't his cellmate some kind of like a former cop, like a murderer? Yeah, that that was the first cellmate that he had, which uh, who allegedly didn't touch uh, didn't touch Jeffrey Epstein while they were in a cell together. But Mr. Epstein very conveniently happened to uh, be beaten to a pulp on the cell floor, and also this Tartaglione guy who was his cellmate, who was a corrupt cop that was in jail for quadruple homicide. That same corrupt corrupt cop that was a cellmate was found to have a contraband cell phone on his person the day before Epstein was found beaten. Oh, it's it's just sweet as tea how perfectly the pieces all fit together. And yet, like people think it's some kind of meme. And that's what's so frustrating about being a quote-unquote leftist, woke social media user is everything that makes sense, everything that is, like, really is around us, like, the true meaning behind the, the capitalistic mechanisms that work in our lives every day just become memes, and I, I feel like it's just the top 1% that, like, have these meme creators, and they just sit behind a screen and laugh at us every day. They're like, look at these idiots. They know the truth, and yet they'll never be able to convince enough people to change anything. It, it's not only that, but it's like, we we know the truth, but we will never have any way to prove it because the people that are interested in getting to the bottom of what happened are the people with no money and no power. And the people that are interested in the, in the narrative never coming out, the real information never reaching the light of day, are all of the people with money and with power. It, it, I don't even know like where to start with the... All right, let's jump back. Two things. Two, two things that I want to talk about. One, I googled Mark Epstein, and wow, oh wow, does he look like the most fake person to ever <laughs> exist. He looks like he's wearing like a Halloween store fake mustache in every single one of his Google image <laughs> searches. And on top of that, I want to talk about the fact that he is a psychotherapist. That means he, he, and it says in his Wikipedia page that he has integrated both Buddha and Sigmund Freud's approaches to trauma. I feel like this guy is like, 
I, I don't know if whether he's just some like hippie stoner they picked up off the side of the street and said, all right, your new name's Mark Epstein. Wear this mustache and this pair of glasses. Or if he's like the, the t- I feel like he could there's a potential that he is the top one percent like Mark Epstein rules the world. And he just he gives like all these rich elite people like this drug to have sex with children because Sigmund Freud, you know, he loved having sex with his mom. So I feel like that's a play. And on top of that, he just recently wrote a book um, where he talks about Buddha's spiritual journey and his personal childhood trauma. And it's called the trauma of everyday life. And I don't even know where I was going with this, but I feel like he—he's just not a real person. He's not a real person. Yeah, I—I I very, <laughs> very easily be convinced and fall down the rabbit hole that the per- the person who occupied the name Jeffrey Epstein was just a face for that name, and oh, that 100%. name was just a name to put on these accounts where the most powerful and influential people in the world would move money back and forth like it's it's so because that's the epstein story itself like the way that he came into even owning the hedge fund where he apparently made his money is extremely suspect specifically because he wasn't first of all his job before owning a hedge fund was math teacher which <laughs> he wasn't even qualified to do that because he was, he was not good. He was not a college graduate. And then <sighs> all of a sudden he ends up being given, I don't know, a billion dollars and basically just saying, Hey, don't lose this. Like that Which can we talk about how to to my point earlier uh today, it, it was just numbers on a screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this, it's so possible that Jeff Epstein, the, the, the body, not the name, was just like a front for, for all of this crazy shit. But what, what, what signals to me that that can't be true is because of how fucking crazy the things that came out of his mouth were. Like, I kind of want to transition to the crazy shit that he would fund as far as scientific uh, studies went. Like, let's go there. Like, like one of my favorite uh, Jeff Bezos isms is that he wanted to freeze his dick balls and brain cryogenically so that in the future, maybe he could be, I don't know, implanted into like some robot. And he was also extremely interested in sowing his his seeds and impregnating women and building a master race of humans and eugenics and all of this other absolutely completely insane stuff. Where if you were a person trying to be unassuming and not draw too much attention to yourself because you're not really who you say you are, I don't think you would be do- doing these absolutely insane things. Like, 
funding scientists at like MIT and Harvard and hosting these giant dinner parties where he says crazy things like, oh, what if what if atoms behave like consumers in a marketplace? Like these these absolutely insane oh my God. things that 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 he said that he funded just absolutely absolutely wild like i don't think that if you were a normal person who just happened to become like the cover for a multi-billion dollar pedophilia ring that implicated the most powerful people on the planet a i don't think that you would say such crazy insane shit as to draw attention to yourself and b i don't think that he he would have as big of a public persona as he did. Like, I don't think that if if he wasn't really a Jeffrey Epstein, this, like, absolutely insane, literally insane person, like, I think it's more likely that he was just deranged than he was, like, a psyop or, like, put up to it. It, it, it appears to me that they, that, I mean, so before I sound like an absolutely crazy conspiracy conspiracy theorist, he was U.S. intelligent a U.S. intelligence asset that comes directly from Alex Acosta. When he was originally indicted on soliciting sex from a fourteen-year-old. When asked why he got such a sweetheart deal, Alex Acosta said, I was told that he was intelligence, that he was above my head, that this is above my head. What are we supposed to make of that? I, are we supposed to just... Like, are we supposed to pretend that it wasn't already in the public like, sphere of knowledge? that it wasn't already outed that he was an intelligence asset? Like, if... What are we supposed to believe if the media narrative is so, so obviously a farce? Um, We are supposed to take DMT nightly and cry ourselves to sleep. Honestly, I feel attacked because... That's exactly what I've been doing in order to figure out uh, what happened to Epstein. I've been trying to uh, to astral project every single night in order to find where the real the the man Jeffrey Epstein is currently hiding out because we would never know if it was a body double that was murdered because there was never a DNA test done during the autopsy. <laughs> so we need to we need to take uh, just a. Uh, extremely lethal dosage of psychedelics and just search for this man's spirit and not only ask him uh if he was just a a face or if he was a real person but also ask him if he validates parking because he is definitely parked in a Chuck E. cheese in the middle of like some weird just city in the middle of Missouri. Just he just shaved his head and put on blackface and just walks around in the middle of town and just eats Cheetos and just gets fat 
and watches weird kids movies in his basement. I feel like I that's got to be it. That's got we're just missing the point, Troy. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, I I I I think I think I figured it all out. Uh, I I really I really think I think this might be the DMT brain speaking, but I think I just connected. I think I just connected. There's this guy. Um, we'll we'll call him. Um, uh, let's see, Jack McLaughlin. He lives in Cheyenne, Wyoming. He is currently bald because he had to have surgery on his skull where they were just doing a little cosmetic procedure to shave down his his skull. And uh, he's living a totally normal life where he lives alone in a very large house in the middle of nowhere. And he definitely isn't Jeffrey Bezos or uh, Jeffrey Epstein, (laughs) rather. uh, Same person. Yeah. Honestly, if you if you look at a picture of Jeff Bezos and you look at a picture of Jeffrey Epstein and you picture Jeffrey Epstein with a shaved head, they could really be the same person wearing a wig. Pretty I close. Mean, if, if, if I mean, and if you look at those uh, those fantastic shots of Jeff Bezos or Jeffrey Epstein shirtless, they're both fit as fuck. So, uh, you know, you got to yeah, and... got to work out regularly. A fascist yeah. worked out today. Did you? Uh, I did not actually. Neither did I. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever worked out, honestly. <laughs> Alrighty, nothing, I, nothing ever works out. <laughs> no, it does not. Um, I I think uh one that immediately after finishing this podcast, we record a whole other hour podcast explicitly focused on Jeffrey Epstein. Um, and also I say, uh, that I feel like at 61 minutes, approximately about an hour and a minute, we should, uh, probably cut this boy off, uh, post this and, uh, watch my sister comment on it, how long it is and have her be the only person who listens to it. Honestly, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go out on a limb and send this episode to everybody that I go to school with and see if they still talk to me anymore. <laughs> All righty, I'll let you uh I'll let you crash on my couch after Colgate uh it, it, uh kicks you out of school. Awesome. You know, that's that's a relief because because uh, there's so many so many liberals here, so many liberals that if I was to ever ever go full Epstein brain on them, I think that their brains would be first to explode and I would catch a catch a manslaughter charge. So not looking forward to that. All you got to do is become a CIA asset. Yo, I, re- real, real quick note at the end. I considered in my head today, I was like, maybe I should just delete everything I've ever posted on Facebook, wipe my presence from the internet and apply for a job with the NSA. I mean, if I... Uh some random math teacher can do it why can't you that's a that's a perfect 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 place to end this because i am the next jeffrey epstein (laughs) (laughs) all righty and on that note folks it has been as always your boy uh thank you troy for coming on the show and just spitting absolute conspiracy out of your butt 
for the last uh, hour or so. Um, if you guys like this, go ahead and uh, share it and send it to your friends. So at Thanksgiving, it's really awkward. Um, go ahead and find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Annoying Question Boy. And uh, go ahead and find Troy personally on Facebook and send him really weird uh, uh and uh, ask him if he's going to be the next Jeffrey Epstein and uh, be in on his little circle. True. Also, really quick, shameless plug. Uh, I plan on starting my own podcast very soon here. So uh, if anyone is still listening right now, and it is approximately like five days after uh, this podcast episode gets posted, go ahead and look me up at uh, Fat Boy Fat Boy Politics on uh, anywhere where you can get podcasts. So. And that's that's the boy right there. So if you follow me, you got to go ahead and follow the the boy at Fat Boy Politics. Uh, thanks for listening to the zero people that are definitely not listening right now. And as always, uh, it has been your boy Yee Yee Yee.